Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Thrive Deeper. Yes, it's me, your humble host, DJ Payne. And uh, I say humble host and I'm already beginning to doubt myself because today we're talking about speech. What is the intent of our speech out of our hearts, our mouths? Talk, like what? There's so much in Proverbs about what we say, how we say it and the power of the tongue. That's what we're getting into this week's episode. So join us after the break as Matthew and I get straight into it here on Thrive Deeper. You know what we haven't done in a while? What? We haven't gone to the movies. Oh, no, we haven't. We, we I, ha- this, it, I, these sort of in-between kind of times where there's just not really much going on. Not really. Uh, there. Not really, yeah. I can't think of anything that I'm dying to oh, go. Oh, no, there is one. Oh. That I, uh, uh, I think it's called Kafanam Kef- or something. Okay. At the, at the Pivotonian. It's a... Art house film. A, yeah. Well, no. Well, I mean, what, what, what does it have to... Just because it's in a foreign language doesn't make it an art house <laughs> film. It's like... Okay, but that's yeah. foreign, foreign film, foreign yeah. film. I, I like how there's, you know, there's America, you know, like uh, American films and then there's foreign films. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, it's, it's. I mean, the premise of the film is is about. It's it's a classic kind of existential kind of topic because it's about a, um, a a boy who sues his parents for bringing him into this world. Oh, yeah. It's. I've heard it, something about this. It's a real kind of existential uh, kind of film. Is it based on a true story? Uh, I'm not sure, but it, but it it won the Ka- it won Cannes Film Festival. Like it's it's won okay. heaps of awards and right. uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like the most uplifting film, but oh, right like, up I'm, I'm okay. Right like, up our alley. Yeah, <laughs> I actually my 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 wife uh, keeps remarking that I have this taste in films that leans towards really bleak, macabre, uh, really bleak. I mean, yeah. my favorite my favorite filmmaker, the Russian. Director Andrei Zvyaginstev is—he just makes the bleak, the, the bleakest films. But there's yeah. something about there's just I, I, it's there's a realism uh, yeah. to that, and um, and I and and I, I love the reflective, the reflections of films like that on the realities, harsh realities of life. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not into f- films for escapism. So my, my I'm escaping from reality enough. I need to. <laughs> You need more Reconcile reality. Reconcile myself. I need more reality, not the, less. So me inviting you to the latest Captain Marvel film or something like that, <laughs> you know. Not, you're not I, in. I, I, I'm over. I'm over. I really am over it. Over all the superheroes. I'm over Marvel films. Yeah. I, I watched what my daughter, my youngest daughter loves Marvel, and I, I just cannot bear it. You cannot any get, longer. Well, we, we we need to go out there, and I think I think uh, I bring up I bring up movies because it is something that we like to do, and I think we're going to have to have a bro date and go out yeah, and see the uh, sure. see this see this one uh, is because we're we're in the book of Proverbs mm. and we're making our way through. We're covering Proverbs in a different way. We're covering it very thematically and topic you know based, looking at the different topics that come up in uh, in Proverbs, and this week we want to have a look at speech. Mm. You know the things that we say. And I, 
I often get in trouble for the movies that I see. I thought you were going to say you often get in trouble for the things that you say. Well, what I say, I do. <laughs> I say you are the most off the sleeve. I am. Uh, I am. I do get in trouble with the things that I say often about movies. You know, like, oh, really? Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Like often about, you know, saying, oh, you know, I really enjoyed this or I found something redeeming in this or whatever. Yeah. And people, people bring about these principles of, well, you've got to be careful about, you know, your You shouldn't speech, be watching that. Or, yeah. And you shouldn't be watching that. And there's something in my mind that ties up with this topic of be careful of your speech in Proverbs. Yeah. Okay, that was a tenuous segue. <laughs> Come on, come on, go, go with it, with it. Yeah, come on. That was a really tenuous segue. Like, uh, I'm doing my best. Okay, here. I'm are. doing my best. You're okay. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think um, uh, I think the 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 principle in in the proverbs, and and I'm actually what 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 I might do is actually start with a quote from the book of James. Yeah. You know, uh, actually, we've. We've alluded to the book of James uh, a couple of times, yeah, actually, as we've 100%. been in this in this discussion around Proverbs, because he he is this is classic wisdom literature. Mm. You know, James is uh, just a classic kind of Jewish thinker steeped in wisdom literature, and he he writes like uh, he's writing wisdom literature. So um, he says this in uh, James chapter three from verse three. He says, "When we put bits into the mouths of horses." Sorry, it says when we yep, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever uh, wherever the pilots want to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Mm. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Whoa. <laughs> That's like... And, and again, it's James... so heavy. It's such a heavy moment. Yeah. And James does this great job. It's almost like he distills down yeah. all the Proverbs into about a particular topic, whatever that topic yeah. is, wisdom, the tongue, distills it down and goes boom and gives that you... That is exactly what he... That's yeah. that's a great description of these verses because yes. it's like he has taken every proverb <laughs> that talks about speech and he has condensed it here. And, and uh, one of the interesting things uh, that I... Because as we've been through each of these topics, as I've sort of surveyed the kind of topics that the Proverbs deal with, this one gets more attention than any other. I mean, this is this is a massive theme mm-hmm. in the book of Proverbs. So there's something really in this. I mean, I do, um, James, the, he's not making an overstatement here. It's uh, what, we, what we say really matters. Now, here's an interesting thing. Let's, I want to start with a little bit of philosophy of language, oh, uh, if I may. Um, in... A, the more pr- pragmatic end of uh, philosophy of language, there is uh, a field known as speech act theory. And the, the idea in speech act theory is that whenever we... So, so it goes back to a philosopher called Wittgenstein, actually, originally at the beginning of the 20th century, who um, talks about... And I won't get into it, but, you know, what he, the question is kind of around the relationship. What what relationship does language have to reality? Anyway, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get into that. But he... he 
develops what he calls a tool theory of, of, of language. So in other words, what he's saying is that, lang- that words are tools that we use to do things with. They're tools that we use to do things with. And um, from this develops this field known as speech act theory, where, where, we, where um, speech is anal- analyzed or, or pieces of discourse are analyzed in terms of action. Mm-hmm. So you ask the question, what is being done? Because often when we, like, when we read a text or we listen to what someone says, we focus on what the person is saying, that is on the content of what they're saying. But actually the meaning comes from what is being done. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so um, if I say, watch out for the bus, uh, you can understand the meaning, but you also need to understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to warn you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, that's what I'm trying to do. So... Um, uh, I think this highlights a really important ethical principle, and the ethical principle is that whenever we say something, we're also doing something. So, um, uh, one of the things my my son, who shall remain nameless, uh, protect his <laughs> an, an, anonymity, <laughs> continually says it drives us nuts uh, when he taunts his sisters or puts them down. Is oh, but I was I was just saying, I was just saying. Just, just words, just, <laughs> just words. It's just, what are words? It's just sticks, yeah. sticks and stones, Dad. Come on. Uh, I was just saying. Well, um, as though that I'm not culpable mm. because I was just saying. So mm. I was just mm. saying. I didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah I didn't do, actually yeah. do anything. It's yeah. not like I hit them. I yeah, just, yeah. Um, I get the same thing. I get the same thing in my house. So my yeah, family. right. So um, and the, the the point is is that when we say something, we are doing something. Mm. Yes. Uh, I've tried that argument, by the way, <laughs> and he won't have it. Um, but it, it is true. When we say something, we're doing something. So I think it's a really good – I think there's something – and I think the Proverbs uh, is – Book of Proverbs on this topic is encouraging us to do this, to listen to the things that we say. Now, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So mm. – um, what comes out your mouth is the overflow of what's in your heart. Mm. So if you want to know what's in your heart, listen to yourself speak. Mm. And we very rarely do this, don't we? We very rarely actually listen and take notes because we're so busy trying to do things. I'm trying to impress this person. I'm trying to get a foot in the door here. I'm trying to endear myself in this situation, or I'm trying to make these people like me, or I'm trying to uh, forge, you know, do a bit of networking and forge a connection here, or I'm trying to um, build a bit of a base, or, or excuse myself here, or I'm trying to justify. Mm. We're so focused on what we're doing, even though we probably don't realize it, uh, mm. but, but that that we actually don't. We don't recognize actually that our, our words are not just words, that they are actually doing something. There's, there's a moral dimension, mm. very important moral spiritual dimension um, to speech. So this, is the, this, this, I think, is the kind of to dig underneath why this is such a serious issue. Um, uh, that's, that's a kind of philosophical angle, so okay. that kind of philosophical ethical angle. When we say something, we are doing something, speech is... Uh, uh, is is action. So, and, but then there's a theological. Let's take a theological um, perspective on this. Uh, we were created in the image of God. Uh, now, how did God create the world by speaking? Mm. So, th- this act of speaking, um, uh, like as th- there is this 
in Genesis chapter 1, this um, uh, God expressing his authority through the act of speech. Mm -hmm. And authority, by the way, then gets delegated to mankind when he says rule over the earth. And so we are imbued with this authority um, to, and, and, and of course, in, the, in Genesis chapter 2, that uh, imbuement of authority, um, the empowerment of human beings is expressed in the naming right that's, uh, that, that then, um, you know, Adam names the animals yes. and whatever he named that animal, that's what, that was its name. I mean, it, it's, the text is really emphatic mm. because it's an expression of authority. Um, yep. to, to, I name, and in fact, in the ancient world, um, a conquering king would often renamed, would often renamed, like getting my grammar, would yeah. rename the conquered yes. king. Yeah. And actually, members of the nobility. Yeah. So, for example, um, the Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, Daniel yeah. was renamed Belteshazzar. So, um, uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, um, Zedekiah was his the name that he was the king was given. So, so this is this naming thing was an expression of authority. So, there's this sense that uh, our that we that theologically speaking. We're imbued with such authority that when we say things, it has an effect, like a real effect. Now, you, you quoted the saying, uh, the cliche, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, actually, sticks and stones will break your bones and you, you will heal after a few few weeks you'll heal mm. or, or even months at most. Uh, words can crush the spirit in such a way that will cripple a person for life. Mm. Uh, like you know, and 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 the heal. I mean, we can be healed from those things, but it takes no small amount. Now, I mean, physical, of course, physical uh, abuse has a much de- can have a much deeper element to yeah. that and be a much more serious issue. So, I'm not making light of that. No. What I'm trying to emphasize here yep. is the significance of what we say to people. Um, and this is gets back to James's point. This gets back to the point that's made in the Proverbs that what we say is a really serious issue. Mm. Like. Um, and where James en- ends up, like it's a world of evil, is done mm. by the tongue. It's a slippery slope. Uh, so let me uh, let me give you. Uh, I'll, I'll read out some of these. Can I ask you a question yeah. before, before you jump into the proverbs? You you brought up the speech act, you know, theory, yeah. and speech is, uh, you know, has performing aspects to it, and it's a, I know it's a deep. Deep philosophical, linguistic, you know, chart. You know, there's all different categorizations. Not all speech is has a performance angle on it. Like, do you in the in the theory of speech act? I'm asking a question. It does all speech. You know, not every. There's not like every example is not a action in some speech. Well, a speech act theorist theorist would say that. That it is that all, lang- that yeah. All lang- so, so, like for example, can you think of an example of where you would sp- where you would say something but not be doing something at the same time? If I was telling a story, if I was reciting a story, reciting a poem, or something like that, yeah, you're still doing something. So, so I'm still acting. I'm still yeah, yeah. There's still an action. So it's the act of informing. So even even a a, okay. a news like take a newspaper story that for no particular reason actually. Just for the curiosity's sake, yes. shared little curiosity. It's still an act of informing okay. something of someone. So, um, uh, like 
a, a gossip, for example, mm. gives you information for no particular reason. Mm. It's just, oh, did you realize that? And it's not really to, it's just because it's kind of fun to, yeah, yeah. you know, to share gossip. Uh, but uh, it's it's a moral action because they are actually doing something. Mm. They're informing you of some something mm. that maybe you don't. It maybe uh, you don't have a right to that information, yes. or yes. maybe um, maybe it's uh, misconstrued information, out so, of context inf- information. Maybe it's just an outright lie. It's still doing something. Okay. So even yeah, I guess well in that yeah, classification, but, everything yeah. is because even like a performance. You know, yeah. someone performing yeah. words written by somebody else as an actor. Yeah, they're still acting. Yeah, you that's know, right. In 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 the speech they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean, there are some there are some actions that you actually can can only do through speech. So, for example, if when I say to my kids, "Apologize to your sister." Now, how are they going to apologise? Mm. They've got to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You cannot apologise. So that's that's what's known as a perf- uh, um, performative, uh, because you have to say it to yeah. do it. It's like when when I say as a marriage celebrant, I now pronounce you man and wife. Uh, it's the it's the actual pronouncement pronouncement that makes it ma- so. Makes the, yeah, makes yeah. it so. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I mean, John Austin, who's the a British philosopher who wrote a book called How to Do Things with Words, very famous. Um, book in 20th century philosophy and a, and a primary text in this area. Um, he starts there. He starts from these performatives, uh, things that we that that we can only do by saying something. And then he points out that there's a performative aspect to every everything that we say. Yeah. And which which then adds this moral dimension to speaking. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a and, and and which is why I appreciate this because it emphasises we're not just saying things, um, like w- even even if I'm just having a funny conversation with someone and just joking around, and hmm. I I am still within a moral dimension here. You know what I mean? I'm not. It, it's not morally neutral action. Yeah. Yep. I I guess I guess I guess my my immediate question we've sort of. We're slightly no, this is good because this is the foundation. Yeah, for, we're slightly for, veering for, away yeah. here. Where does this might be a very obvious obvious question here? But where does intention come into this? For example, okay. if I if I intend my intention for you to is to laugh, right? Yeah. I I want you to laugh. I want Matt to go to laugh. And I know that right now, if I said something that was really mean about yeah. somebody or something that was shocking, which a lot of comedy is about the shock value. And I say something awful or morally that I don't believe in, but mm. you go, oh, you like you, yeah, yeah. you realize the joke of it. My intention was to joke. The words themselves are not the act. Yeah. Does that you know where does the rub come in that way? Yeah. Well, this is. I mean, this is good because uh, it's 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 certainly part of this discussion. I mean, uh, you know, to what extent does does the speaker's in, intentionality in that? Uh, matter and and you know I'm thinking of the title of a very famous book again in this area called Must We Mean What We Say yeah um, which is just to indicate that intentionality is is part of this debate but um, I, I would say I'm thinking on on the spot yeah. here because again I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to kind of think where this goes in these discussions but I'm just going to move to probably a more kind of biblical ethical kind of model and say that. The rule is responsibility. 
that's always that's a good rule for when we think about uh, like we were created as human beings to be responsible. So, so um, if if I say something and um, it's always good for me to take responsibility for how that comes across. I can say, well, I didn't mean to put you down. So let's yeah. say I say something that that actually really cuts you to the heart, and and I can say, oh, well, I didn't mean to put you down. Actually, it's important for me to take responsibility for the effect that my words may have. Yes. Not not that. Look, you can be in situations where you can say things and people take that the wrong way, and there there, you know, people there there are some people that have such uh, um, dysfunctionality in their lives that they filter everything through a certain. Yeah. You know, filter, a filter right? Yeah. And and you could, no matter what you say, you just can't get it right. Yeah. And that doesn't take away from my point. I still think that w- that we w- in in our speaking w- we need to we need to not um, divest ourselves of the responsibility for how this is going to come across. Mm. I mean, this this I think is a issue in in the way that we di- in the way that we talk about moral issues. The church talks about moral issues with the world. Uh, we can so we're just telling the truth, yeah. But we also need to take responsibility for how that comes across. Yeah. Um, so if if um, so, so for example, I mean, you started by talking about movies, and you know, mm. and so I'll reference that. You know, a lot of Christians are very critical of The Handmaid's Tale, which is this series that sort of caricatures. This is what it looks like when the when Christians take over the state. It's like, it's but, like the, though the book was written in the direct response in the late seventies, early eighties about the woman, the author traveling through Islamic countries, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then projecting exactly so, what was so happening the, over there. Too. And I've read the book, and, yeah. and there is a difference between the book and the TV series. Yeah. Um, uh, but but they, you know, so, so I mean, we, we can say well. Um, well, that's ridiculous. It's a caricature, and it absolutely is. But the fact is, is that this is how we come. Ac- this is how, at times, we come across. And again, not uh, only because the, it's partly because the media focuses on. It's a willful ignorance. Yeah, yeah. It's sense. it's a willful yeah. ignorance. The media will also, you know, will focus on the most bigoted whatever mm. you know, and 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 actually, most of us aren't like that. Mm. But as a Christian. I my my rule is responsibility is the rule. I'm going to take I'm going to take some responsibility for how we come across, you know, and um, you know we've we've gotten into much broader sort of dialogue, mm. but this is a principle. I'm I'm illustrating how to me this is a really important principle that um, even though I can't control how I always come across, and as I said, there are filters that people have mm. that uh, that will always take things the wrong way, but I I I need to be as aware as I can of those filters, mm. um, and that can be difficult. But um, we do need to take some responsibility for how we come across. So this is back to your your question about intentionality. Mm. So I can say, look, I didn't intend to hurt you, but the fact is, I need to take some responsibilities for the fact that my words actually did. Yeah, I I actually said something. You know, and- if I was talking to yeah. you, I mean, there's there's so many, and I'm, my mind is racing all over the place. Basically, because for a living, I talk for a living. Yeah, I, I talk for a living, Lord and help us. exactly, exactly, <laughs> Lord help us. That's what I say all the time. I talk for a living. I do a breakfast show on a Christian radio and station. You do a fantastic job. Well, thank you too. very much. I wasn't fishing yeah. for compliments, but I'll take them. Uh, now, and part of that is uh, from a very young age, I was raised by someone who is who is a working comedian and mm. I grew up with comedy around me all, yeah. all the time, the classics, and, and I've grown up consuming yeah. comedy. Like I would like to think that I'm a bit of a studi- student of comedy. 
uh, whether that's satire, whether that's satir- like a uh, you know sarcasm, whether whether that's ironic, yeah. whether all the different styles of comedy. Yeah, and <clears throat> I. You know, there's a lot of different aspects of racing through my head around speech and how 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 it is a uh, you know a, an act and performance and stuff like that. But for me, especially in light of what we're going to be talking about in proverbs, mm. I will sometimes make a joke. Now it might be a bad joke on the radio. I might think it's, it's hilarious, or I might be sarcastic, or yeah. I might be ironic, or I might you yeah. know do yeah. whatever satirical. And I'll have phone calls from people who, God bless them, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm who the Lord saw fit not to give them a funny bone in their body. And so they are, they are taking my intention as face yeah. value. Right. Well, DJ, when you said that, uh, you know, you beat your children with a you know stick, well, I, I, I might have a problem. <laughs> I'm joking. I was obviously joking. Did you hear me laughing as I was saying? No, I didn't hear you laughing. I don't register laughter in my life. I actually think laughter <laughs> is not a Christian attribute, brother. And uh, these are the literal phone calls yeah. that I get. Uh, so I... You know, part of I me, think I, you need some therapy uh, yeah, around this. We're going to have just a, lay down a debrief, on this couch. <laughs> a debrief <laughs> session. But the, but the problem is, I don't think. I think for me, lay down on the couch. It's been a long time since you had any therapy. <laughs> I've just what? seen. Yeah, that's like I just seen from Woody Allen. Nineteen. Yeah, it's like Freud. That was when Freud was still alive. Like, <laughs> well, my, that's my my I'm sense of therapy. I'm sending you off to a counselor, <laughs> a real counselor, a real counselor. Do I get a counselor? No, no. uh, the so comedy, laughing, I yeah. is so important to me, and I believe with all of my heart that it's a, that it is a Christian response to the world. I know that some people think that we mm. should have long faces. Mm. And, and live in sackcloth and ashes. And there's times that mm. we should. Mm. But I think there are times that we should laugh and joy and really have have, have joy together yeah. in laughter and making light of, mm. of some situations. I, 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 I struggle with a lot of the church really struggling with how to accept okay, comedy. Yeah, I, 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 see what you, I see what your point is. And then when you start but, talking yeah. about comedy, a lot of people, the theologians go... <laughs> For sure. You know, yeah, yeah, you go talk about your little comedy. You know, who cares about this? We're talking about the weighty matters yeah. of the world. And the, I'm the, like, there has been, and in, in the Judeo-Christian tradition, there has been some corners that have really maligned humour wow. as a really kind of ungodly, kind of futile, you know, words. That's a great word for uh, a futile. Yeah, futile words. And, um uh, you know, for example, I mean, going back into the into the Jewish tradition, the Essenes, that that um, yep. uh, very sort of monastic sect in the, next to the Dead Sea. I mean, their their community rule, which was discovered in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and um, contains this rule that if you, and they, already they lived really strict lives mm. of you know abstinence from like know, a mona- monastic type, yeah, of like life monastic life. type. Life. Like if you, there was a rule there. I remember reading them as that uh, if you laughed. Out loud in a meeting, you would have three months of half rations, and they already lived on next to nothing. Yeah. If you laughed out loud, so so there, there's this association with laughter as this impious thing, and and certainly in in some of the Christian monastic tradition and some mm. forms of Christian piety, there there it's almost like piety equals constant solemnity, mm. um, and and it's just not right. It's just not right. And, uh, and there's definitely a balance. I'm not, I, I, you know. Again, I don't think hey, uh, yeah, we should be laughing all the time and everything's a joke. It, every, and yeah, and because that can that can certainly uh, yeah. be the case. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, laughter is part of the joy of life. And and you know, to when we tell funny stories, um, 
what we're doing there actually when we do that actually is something very constructive. I, I, I would make an argument for this. And again, coming from a speech act theory, mm. um, and, and by the way, this is not my area of philosophical expertise. I'm just <laughs> going to quickly. Uh, um, but, you know, coming from this angle, I, I would say that um, that this is an important social activity in which we uh, we bond with other people through sharing funny stories and funny incidents um, it, it, it is a, I think it actually it's an, a very important part of social communication yeah. uh, humor so um, so I don't think it's vanity I don't think it's vain the words are in vain at all actually mm, yeah. I think they build connection rapport they um, relax people uh, it's it's a wonderful way to but it's also- relax in, in, in the presence of Yeah, yeah. there's the jovial side of it, but there's also, like George Orwell, the writer, the English author, once said, and I think it's on point as well, not all the time, but he said within every joke there's a a silent revolution or there's a quiet revolution or something like that. That, Something like that is a quote. Meaning that a joke, if done the right way, yeah. can really change someone's yeah. mind like that yeah. and how they view the world. If done, yeah. you know, if, if if that's the reason yeah. for the joke. All right, let, listen. Let's take a break. We're going to take a break. We're going to reset. Are you actually going to let me read some proverbs? And, and, when, and when we come back, Matt, I'm letting you read some proverbs, and we'll get into the actual proverbs here. Let's take a break on Thrive Deeper. Back in just a moment with some actual proverbs. back and I just want to take a second to say thank you very much to Mr. Rod Gear, dear friends and uh, brother to both of us for the music that we use on oh, Thrive Deeper yes. every episode a lot of people say oh where do you get the music from we get it from the works of Rod Gear. yeah and he's uh, got he's got a few albums and they're just beautiful instrumental albums so yeah. Uh, do a little Google search on Rod Gear Music. Yeah, I think there might be a link over at thrivetoday.net.au. And if there's not, I'll tell the man behind the scenes to make a link to Rod Gear Music. <laughs> it's at rodgearmusic.com. Great guy, uh, old old dear friend of us. And again, one of the guys who started Sons of Korra with you yeah, back co- in the day. Has co written just about half of the <laughs> Sons of Korra material. Now, we are talking about proverbs, we are talking mm. about speech. Tell us what proverbs says, Matt. Well, um, I'm going to read you some of my favourites okay. <laughs> on, on speech. Uh, I, I really love what the proverbs have to say uh, about this. Um, proverbs, tw- and this is, just, and, and as I said in, in the in that first part, um, th- there are so many proverbs uh, on on this mm. more than on any, any other topic really. Uh, to, here are some examples. Um, proverbs twelve eighteen: the words of the reckless. Pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Beautiful. Uh, and, um, another similar one uh, here: those who guard their lips preserve their lives, mm. <laughs> but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. 
Um, Basically, loose lips sink ships. Yeah, that's right. That's where. Yeah, that yeah, comes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that's, is that one from? That's a. It's like. Uh, I is, don't that, know. is that like a rhyming version of a? I of think a that's product. a rhyming yeah, version yeah. of what you just yeah, read. That's right. Um, uh, I like this one here. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. <laughs> oh, I, that is just a classic one. <sighs> you know because. Um, uh, how how many words have been spoken in complete ignorance? Uh, I'm responsible for at least <laughs> half of them. Uh, right? I reckon I'm responsible for this. You know, <laughs> I, I had this joke actually. We talked about we talked about humor. I mean, I, I one of the things I love is like parody. You know, is, is like almost parody myself. It's like yeah. I'm going to say like kind of overstate. Uh, but I I I remember once parodying myself and. In, I was in a in a church meeting, and and I made a really authoritative pronouncement on something that I really had no idea about, and and everyone said really right because I'm really good at saying you know I'm really good at saying things in a convincing way, and everyone looks at me really is that true, and I stopped and said yeah I don't know but I sounded convincing didn't I. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was the ultimate yeah. kind of parody yeah, yeah. of myself because it was like I caught myself saying something with such conviction. Yeah. And then I thought, I have no idea what I'm saying. One, I have no idea what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> secondly, uh, secondly, I was aware that I actually that really sounded convincing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and people might believe. I always I convince something. myself then. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you have a PhD in one topic, people think you know everything about every topic. When, yeah. you know, the classic thing uh, about, you know, higher research is that you learn more and more about less and less until you know everything about nothing. And... <laughs> And, and actually, what what you in when That's you good. do a research degree, I mean, you know, focus is the key, and you become very sensitive what expertise in an area means. Mm. So, what you often find is that people in in the scholarly world, and, and I work with these people, are very cautious about statements uh, that they uh, that, does, that don't they cover make. other yeah, that, yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, well, look, I'm not. You know, I'm not an expert in this area. I think this, and so they're much more modest because, because w- when you're an expert in one area, you, you actually, and actually, in in some ways, you uh, you recognise even if you are an expert in an area, you recognise how much more there is to even know in that area. Mm. It's like you know, you don't know what you don't know, mm. and so um, you get a feel for what it really is like to be have expertise. Um, uh, in an in an area, and so so I think that, that, that this proverb is speaking to this constant blurting out of authoritative statements, mm-hmm. and sometimes quite belligerently. I mean, this this can be uh, put a lot of tension on relationships mm-hmm. where we argue a point with someone. It's like, do you do you really um, do you really know what you're talking about, right? Because you are. Uh, you're putting tension on the relationship to argue this point and make this person think what you think. But do you really know what you're talking about? Is it? Th- I think that's what this. Uh, that's what this proverb is is, is getting 100%. at. And in, in the day and the day that we live now of um, you know um, sound bites on the news, uh, modern media regurgitation of uh, you know what the modern media wants you to, to you know to think and say, especially about politics. Yeah. Not to bring up politics into it, but. My goodness! If you've done one minute of reading or googling on a on a political topic, you mention something about it, and someone will give you a line that they've heard on the yeah. television, and you go, "Well, actually, I read this about it." And they just look at you and go, "No, no, you're wrong." And mm. they've they've done nothing yeah. other than watch the yeah. news. So, yeah, it is that definitely that regurgitation. I've, I've of had I've had so many 
instances where there are areas of, in my role as a teaching pastor, I mean, where, where I come to those grey areas where there are significant debates among evangelicals over, and a classic one, you know, that you and I have discussed uh, a bit is eschatology. No. Oh. And, and, and I'm just... Because there's so much debate about different views of like the when the millennium and, and the you know and the order of events and yeah. and um and and I've and I've read I've read quite a number of the different different arguments and because of that I recognise the strength of all of the arguments and and there's a diff- and so for me it's like a grey area and I find myself it's like I often say to people I reserve the right to say I don't know now the response. People who who shocked, yeah, it's like really shocked because often what happens is that people will read, will do this confirmation bias thing, that, uh, like they will read only what confirms their yeah. particular bias, you know, and they'll YouTube, you know, and and, and it's yeah. like they're so con- and they're, they're kind of, no, well you you need to read this and you need it's like no no, no I'm I'm not saying I don't know because I haven't read stuff. I'm saying I don't know because I, have. I actually have read quite ri- widely and I just think the jury, jury's out uh, on this. But it's funny how how dogmatic people can be in ignorance. You know, it's like, uh, so have you actually taken, uh, like in, in one case, to, to use this example, like um, I, I, you know, I was talking about some of these things and I had this person, no, no, it means this and this and this and this. And I said, well, actually, um, I mean, a millennialist would say would say this. And they said, what? They said, what? Who? A millennialist would say, I've never heard. Yeah. They had no idea that there even was an alternative yeah. position. It's yeah. like, well, you know, I, I think uh, we've got to be really careful blurting out about subject. And, and look, you know, and, and I want to apply this as much to myself as well. And as I yeah. said, I, I've often finding find myself making statements about things because we, uh, we that love. I don't know what I'm talking about. The human mind, the human being, we love, and I don't know, you know, in why we're designed this way. But I think we are designed this way. We love that confirmation bias. We love the echo chamber. Yeah, yeah we that's love right. we love the chorus of people singing what we believe. You know, and we gravitate towards that. Yeah. Let me uh, let me grab another proverb here. Um, they're just so provocative. Uh, these proverbs about speech. In fact, on most topics, they're pretty provocative. Uh, a fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Uh, uh, the connection between speech and pride. It's amazing how you know. I talked about listening to what you say. Mm-hmm. The amount of mental energy that we spend trying to ingratiate ourselves to other people mm-hmm. uh, trying to make people think well of us mm. and and so much speech is spent on that mm. you know on making them notice me what I've done what I've who I am how you know uh, making them want to like me and 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 actually it's often if if you really you can really overplay that actually and have the opposite effect. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You know exactly. Um, so it's it's interesting how we can really build our tower with speech and mm. and not and we need to catch ourselves out mm. doing it's like catch yourself out. It's like so why did you say that? Mm. Why did you say that? Mm. Uh, and because the problem is is that you know you build yourself up with your speech and all you ever end up doing is overshadowing other people uh, rather than actually being the light that we should be. Mm. Um, uh, So um, 
I think that's an important principle there. Um, one one of the one of the pro- the the speech uh, you know the proverbs about speech, and I'm going to misquote it here, but I think there's quite a few proverbs out there. Is that that concept of silence being yeah. so close to wisdom and and thinking about things first, yeah, and and the fool being the person to go. Let me tell you about all my plans, everything about me, everything or everything you've ever wanted to know. Here it all is, blah, and they spew it all yeah. out, and. I'm so guilty of that all the time yeah. because I'm a, I often think while I talk or I yeah. talk while I think. And the idea and the act of forming, I, realizing yeah. what I think as I speak is so addictive to myself yeah. that I often speak out my plans to people. Yeah, and half the time, <laughs> half the time they don't come to fruition. Yeah. And I think, man, love, is that my? Well, is that is that a my, verse about me? Well, my my favorite proverb on one, actually one of my all time favorite proverbs is. Um, even the fool is considered wise if he keeps silent. I love that proverb. Even yeah. the fool is considered wise yeah. if he keeps it, if he keeps so silent. So, for, for those of us who talk for a living, <laughs> we are the stupidest, <laughs> foolish people there yeah. are. Uh, so, for the next few uh, the next few editions of Thrive Deeper, it's just going to be hello. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lots of uh, silence. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm in the same boat as you because I. Like I'm a professional talker. Talk, we're talkers. You know, uh, yeah. uh, but and and this is where I think this for me is so close to my heart because you know I want to make sure that um, that I'm not using my position uh, or any circumstance to convince people of things that it's not my role to convince them of mm. or, or to do things with words. Uh, uh, as as a fairly articulate person, I don't want to find myself doing things with words that I shouldn't be doing. You know, mm, mm. Um, uh, I want to make sure that uh, that what I am doing is shedding light rather than overshadowing. Is blessing. You know, and and this next proverb um, is I, I think uh, speaks to this. Uh, Proverbs fifteen four says, "The soothing tongue is a tree of life." Mm. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Mm. It's. I think that's such a powerful, um, like the damage that we can do with perverse speech. Like just um, e- even from speaking and not being conscious of what what we're doing or talking ourselves up, or mm. you, know, you can find yourself. And, and often, what, one of the ways that we can do this is um, like speaking of the perverse tongue is just talking about all of the good things that are happening in our lives or uh, using social media mm. to project, right? Mm. It's the same principle, is to project, look how good my life is, make everyone envious. Mm. So actually, you actually can crush people's spirit because they're looking at your life thinking, oh, he's, look, he's all these, you know, great things. Oh, you know, when I when I bought my new car the other day and, and, and what, mm. or, or whatever, I, I mean... You know, sometimes we we can do these things um, uh, as a kind of a way of um, building ourselves up. Like, look how successful I am. But there's, I think, there's even a complication, and I've, I've brought it up. I brought it up before. But for for those of us who work in in the Christian world, sometimes there's an expectation that everything is perfect. Yeah, okay, and, and yeah. you'd better not admit that you are struggling yeah. in X, Y, or Z, or that you've ever had any struggles, because we want to see our speakers over here. Whether you're doing 
preaching in a sermon yeah. or you're on the radio in the morning, you better not admit to any faults, yeah, well, sins or anything. I mean, yeah. I, you know, like I think honest uh, honest speech is is important, but let's not excuse the damage that we can do in the in the in the name of honest. Well, I was just being honest. Mm. Um, uh, so, if, you know, I mean, uh, we, we are held account, as I said, we're, we're responsible for how things come across. So, for example, if someone has hurt you, it actually is really important that you are honest and that you communicate. Um, but communication is not attack. You're such a yes. – like, you are such a hostile yes. person. Like, you always put me down – You. No, no, that's not communication. That is attack. Mm-hmm. Communication is um, look. I, 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 you know, I felt really put down yeah. uh, by that, and and really quite devastated by what. That's that's communication. Mm-hmm. You say how you feel. Um, so um, honesty, I think, is really important. But let's not not. It, it, let's not excuse yeah. like attack. Oh well, I was just being honest. Yeah, I was just being honest. Mm. Uh, and honesty means you're an absolute. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, in in terms of what you're saying, um, uh, a, a form of dishonesty can look like, ah, uh, yeah, everything's going great. You know, mm. well, actually, that's not good. Like, I want to meet people. Like, it, it actually encourages me if people are going through the same struggles as I am. You know, mm, mm. you know, it's been a tough week, really struggling with some. Oh yeah. Well, actually, I struggle with those things too. Actually, you could mm. find that that might actually be more encouraging yeah. to people. Well, let's why don't we pray together about that, and and actually can lead to somewhere uh, far more constructive. Um, one one last here. I want, we got, we're running out of time, yeah. and I, and I'm going to be really selfish and ask you a question that as we're thinking about speech, and you, I know you've got a ton more verses you yeah, want to yeah. share. Uh, you might have one to 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 wrap up with this one. My number one complaint that I have. Yeah. For what I do, and again, I know I'm 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 using this mm. time to be totally selfish here, but I talk on breakfast radio, yeah. and at the moment I do it solo. I'm doing the breakfast show solo, which is not my yeah. design, not my desire at all. It's uh, actively I do not want that to be the case. But I think today is your this is your counselling session. This is my you said I need to get counselling, <laughs> so this is it. It's happening. The number one complaint that I have, because I'm walking, a, in my mind, I'm walking a tightrope. I'm mm. walking a, a, and I know the boundaries of what mm. I want to talk mm. about. I want to be positive, hopefully funny, hopefully yeah, occasionally yeah. funny, but also bring the Christian message in with what I do. Try to be a little bit open to all life, you know, to all of mm. my life, like expose it all as, within reason, at least a version of it, this character mm. that I'm playing in one sense on radio. Mm. And bring in Christian themes and stuff, but look at what's happening in the news as well and look at something funny as well and something to be interesting to all, to everybody who's listening, which is really, really hard to do. Oh, you've I, got I've, a tough job there. The number one complaint I get is, like, for example, I will do a, a you know, a, a two-minute bit on the radio in between two gospel songs, in between yeah, two yeah. Christian songs, after I've just read, you know, five verses from the book of Romans, you yeah. know, we play a gospel song and then I'll come and say, hey, check it out. There's a crazy story in the newspaper today. Can you believe it that someone, and I've, this is a total yeah. false thing, but let's just make something up. You know, someone's uh, found a, you know, Big Mac in the shape of uh, Australia. <laughs> and isn't that hilarious? Ring me up and let me know about your Big Mac stories. <laughs> isn't that funny? And off I go. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, brother DJ. Uh, you know, 
Hello, Brother DJ. I just uh, want to say that I'm very, very disturbed that uh, our Christian radio station uh, would be talking about Big Macs. And, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to reach everybody with the gospel. Mm. And uh, your speech is, you know, important. And the words that you say are important. Uh, I'm really disappointed. And I'm just wondering if you are a Christian. And I'll be <laughs> want to let you know that I'm praying for you. Okay, thank you very much, and on I go with the breakfast show. That happens to me nearly every day, right? Oh, goodness. As a welcome to my world. Well, I mean, I think that goes back to our our conversation about humour and, you know, like funny stories and little anecdotes. And this is – it's a subtle element of, uh, you know, um, human relationships that is actually a really important ingredient. And and you are – in that – in your role, you are wanting to build a rapport – with your audience in the same way that a preacher might share a funny story or, you know, I might share an anecdote of something that happened, you know, just um, because it's a way of building rapport that this is actually these things that we do um, are, are a subtle, but actually very important ingredient in, in, in relationships. So it's not, as I said before, it's not vain speech. And, and, you know, my advice to people like that is just chill out a bit like you are actually going to get along with people better if you have a bit of humor and just loosen up yeah. uh, a little bit, you know. And I'm not talking about crude being crude, and all. No. I, I recognize there are a lot of the boundaries, um, but you know, humor and and just in, enjoyable anecdotes has you know has has a role to play. I think I think the one to finish on though, and and it probably segues in that because I think this is one one, one of the boundaries uh, for this is the issue of gossip. Yeah. And oh. it's interesting how big an issue this is actually in, in Scripture. In fact, Paul in Romans chapter 1, you know, where he lists all of this um, like murderers and oh. God-haters and gossips. Yeah. Like yeah. it's <laughs> he lists it there with, with as, as a really damaging… Top sin. And, and of course, and look, I mean, the one that we haven't mentioned that of course is a big is just simply lying. And I, I kind of take that as a given, like bearing false testimony. Yeah. I mean, that is is incredibly destructive and and I and I and I think we really shouldn't need to say too much about that. I mean uh, the people giving false testimony about other people um, is is really damaging. Gossip uh, is really a form of can be a form of false testimony because it gets twisted. Um, it's interesting actually as a as being in a position that has profile, the, the rumours that have come back to me about me. Oh. This is I, – I just can't believe how bizarre gossip gets the Chinese whispers. Yeah. So um, the classic one that I remember we had a laugh about one day is that I – Well, I, 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 I laughed. I think you were furious <laughs> and I could not stop oh, laughing. No, no I, I, I saw the funny side yeah. was that, I, you know, that I was – had this kind of secret gay lifestyle. It's like – uh, no, I. It's like Matt, if Matt can barely manage a wife heterosexual <laughs> lifestyle, little, little in a secret uh, life. Thanks vibe. a lot for that, DJ. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that. But it's like if you want some dirt on me, like yeah. there's plenty the of things that are true. Yes. Like uh, send in an email, and yeah. I will tell you all of the things that I do wrong. Uh, you really don't need to invent new things. Yeah. Uh, it's like I have lots of problems. It just so happens that's not one of them. Yeah. I mean, the, the, another classic one was like that I disowned, uh, you know, I disowned a member of my family because of some moral. And it's like, no, what? I, 
like I have the most lovey-dovey relationship with my yeah. with my family. It's yeah. like, uh, but but it's you know, but it's one of those things. And the same thing, I can. It's like, I, how does that happen? How do those rumors get around? I don't, you know? I, I don't know. And it's it's I, I find myself because I had a very similar thing. I've had similar things happen to me over my life. Mm. Really, really, you know, quite damaging one. Starting very early, I remember when I was a youth leader in um, the church that I grew up in, the pastor's wife started telling people behind closed doors uh, that me and my mother had an illicit relationship. Oh, you're kidding. This is the pastor's wife of the church I was attending. Oh, you're kidding. So right then, and I was a young man, I was 19 years old. Yeah. And right then, and I, I literally had the same moment of going, okay, God, what are you doing? Yeah. And the the wisdom and the advice that I got back then, and it's something that I've taken to heart, as similar things have happened. I've had a dear, dear friend who at one time was a, was a very close friend, someone I worked with very dearly, go to people in my church and tell tell them that I was uh, he had proof that I was frequenting a brothel. Mm. I didn't even know there was a brothel in town. I've never, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and let me say, yeah, I'm the yeah. first to admit all of my faults, <laughs> like <laughs> yourself, but I, you know, this is not true. Um, and so I've had these things happen. And, and the solace that I take in my life is part of that as a child, you come back to your mother, you yeah. know, after school, the kids are making fun of me, mum, at school. Yeah, yeah. And they go, that's because they're, it's because you're doing the right thing. It's because you're doing, you know, they're just jealous because yeah. you're special, you know, type <laughs> of thing. But and that sounds silly, but as I go to God, I, I say, look, Lord, all I want is to serve and honour you. And these naysayers keep, keep coming in with these crazy things. Yeah. And I get that same sense of my mother where God's saying, it's all good. Yeah. You're going to get attacked. If you if you stand up and say, yeah. I want to live for God, you're going to get attacked. The, the funny thing you. is for me, the, the, the rumours are so ridiculous. Yes. Same for me. The, it's just how, like... How does anyone even believe that? Yeah. I, it's it's just so ridiculous, but it's it's the way that that gossip works. Gossip, yes. uh, it's you've got the uh, you know the grapevine effect, yeah. the Chinese whisper effect, I should say. Um, you know where it just changes and morphs and 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 becomes much worse, and so you end up with something just so ridiculous, like that. You just um, but and, this, and, but you know, and, yeah. and and my point is, is that we can be a party to this actually by because because you can think the way that Chinese whispers works is just one, it's one one small link after another. Yes. So we actually got to be really careful and really conscious about when we do hear gossip about about someone to actually try to put the brakes on about yeah. that, especially so, if it comes in. Well, the how do you know that? Well, oh, well, such a <laughs> yeah, but they they could have, have like. They could have that. Like I actually be prepared to actually push back on yeah. gossip. I do. I do that with, with. I've had some friends who, in recent years, have come to me and say, "Oh, listen, I've got a prayer request for so and so," and go, uh, "Hang Christian on, gossip. this is yeah. yeah, this is gossip dressed up. This is a wolf in lamb's yeah. clothing coming in saying, yeah. I'm a prayer oh, request.' I just want you to pray for this person.' Yeah, and it's like, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, hang on, hang on. How do we know? I'll just contact that person. Oh no, 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 they would not want you to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they might want to yeah. want me to contact them. And uh, nine times out of ten, it's it's not true, and yeah. it's it's another form of gossip or something that's been misheard. So. Yeah, I think we do have to, gossip is a massive one. Gossip, and yeah. I'm glad you've ended with that because that is a huge problem for yeah, a lot of churches. Yeah. It's and, and it, you know, I think it um, uh, it does enormous damage to you know to, to individuals. And I've 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 seen a number of instances where people have just been so misrepresented, um, and 
uh, and it's just terrible. And I think, I mean, unfortunately in our culture and social media and, you know, I mean, media, I think is, is just terrible at, at misrepresenting people. Uh, it's, it's like we, we believe far too much of what the media actually feeds us. Um, uh, so, so I just think we, as Christians, we, we need to um, work to um, uh, work against the, the, the current a little bit with some of these things and go the other way and actually weigh up the things that we say. Is are are the things that I am saying profitable? You know, and look, that that can include like you've said, just having you know having a moment of light, having a bit of a laugh, and that actually can be just an important and oh. positive thing uh, to do. I think that's I think that's good. But we, we really do need to listen, getting back to where we started, actually, with this whole discussion. Listen to what you say. Listen to the things that you say and, and weigh up the things that you say because we are accountable for the words of our mouth. This is the message that comes through Proverbs and elsewhere in Scripture, that we are accountable for the things that we say. And we can do enormous damage for things in the things that we say, even as a link in the chain, even... even um, uh, even possibly unintentionally, we need to try and be aware of that. Um, but listen, listen to the things that you say, particularly in terms of what comes out of your mouth being the overflow of the heart. I think that's a great principle um, because uh, I think listening to the things that you say is going to tell you a lot about yourself. And if you want to grow, then that kind of self-awareness is the key to growth. about speech and we've gone all over the map from philosophy to humor to wondering about where our speech comes from the intent behind it and a warning about gossip oh my goodness gossip i could i could uh, i could we could do a whole podcast series about the stories about gossip and how it's affected our lives and i'm sure you've got things about your life that has been affected by speech and by people talking about you and maybe the words that you have said so please get in contact with us you can do that as we say every week through thrivetoday.net.au our links are on there i'm going to give you one more thing to do on this long episode i know you want to get out of it but i'm going to give you one thing to do that would really go a long way in helping us Head over to the iTunes or Apple Store where you find this podcast, where you find the directory. Head over to the iTunes podcasting directory and leave us a five-star review. If you found anything that we've ever said (laughs) helpful on Thrive Deeper, please leave us a five-star review. It really does a lot in helping us be found by other people searching for these type of podcasts. You leaving a review does a lot for us so please i thank you in advance for doing that look at that i'm using my speech act theory as we go <laughs> all right this has been dj Payne for matt jacoby uh Stuart and the team behind us we thank you so much for tuning in and all your support of thrive deeper we'll see you next week